Welcome to Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Mia. And I'm Carly. And it's the most wonderful time of the year because it's Harry Potter season, of course. And today we're taking it back to the most magical wizarding world. Welcome back to the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And we're so excited to talk about this. We're going to get straight into it today. Picking off with some of our favorite book scenes, to be honest, just laying the land and giving some context here. I have not reread these books since like middle school, but I read them multiple times in middle school. Like these were the books like me and I talked about this. We were very similar growing up during recess and lunch instead of eating in the cafeteria and going outside to play. I would go to the library with my friend Jillian. Shout out Jill. And we would both read Harry Potter just like for an hour straight. Was obsessed. But again, I just haven't read these in a while. Yeah, same. I think like it's just the kind of story that like obviously is so great in pop culture. Like it stays with you. But like the books were so important to my childhood. Like I really want to reread them as an adult now. Like but same thing, like when I was little, I tore through these books. So I have an older brother. And so he read all of them. And then like, as he was getting into the later books, he like, let me borrow the beginning books. So we were like, kind of reading them together. I remember there's like this one, like 13 hour road trip that we had, I read the entire Goblet of Fire book, the entire book, Yeah, <laughs> just sitting no. there at like eight years old. I was eight. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's why it's so weird to me. And I know we're getting off topic here. I was like, favorite book scenes. Now we're talking about our history with Harry Potter. But I, it's so crazy to me when people are like, I've never watched Harry Potter. I've never even read Harry Potter because these were so integral to my childhood. And it's just like unfathomable to me. I'm like, what? Like, you didn't read Harry Potter? It's like reading like the textbook from like fifth grade, like history class. I'm like, come on. Like, these were so important. But something I can say I remember reading over and over again in the library was in the Deathly Hollows book. So the last book, they're obviously a little more mature, like late teens rather than children. And this is a spoiler. So if you haven't watched or read Harry Potter, spoiler alert, but you probably already know. Harry and Ginny's kiss scene, it was in the burrow. And it's right after everyone had um, polyjuiced themselves as Harry to get him out of um, what is his... Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon's Yeah, house. what's their what's their house address? I'm blanking on Number it. Number four, Privet Drive. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Mia would be in, in trivia right now. But they all went, they apologized themselves as Harry. And this is the morning after. So, like, um, I believe George's ear got cut off. Like, Mad-Eye Moody died. But Harry and Ginny kiss in the kitchen of the borough. And then George appears and he goes, morning. Like, literally, I read that scene a thousand... And- I thought this kiss scene was, like, smut, guys. Like, this, to me, was, like, smut at this point in my life. And, like, they have it in the movies, but they just don't capture, like, the sass of the books, I think. Oh, yeah. Harry is so sassy in the books. But we're going to get to some discrepancies between the book and movies a little later in this episode. Um, Something else that, like, another amazing book scene, which I don't know if they necessarily include this in the movies. I don't think they do is Hermione saving the house elves. So this isn't necessarily like one scene, but spew. I forgot what it stands for, but like... The Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare. (laughs) Okay, again, another Mia 2, Carly 0. That one Um, I looked up Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, I love that. Like, she was a little social justice warrior. Like, she would be in the books, but 
totally forgot it in the movies as well. Like, Book Hermione is a savage. Like, she's mm-hmm. literally, like, insane. Um, And, yeah. like, I think another one of my fave Hermione book scenes is when she traps Rita Skeeter, who's an Animagus, as a bug in a jar. And she literally comes to Harry and Ron and she's like, I trapped Rita Skeeter in this jar. And they're like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, I've been following her like the entire time that she's been snooping around. That's how she gets gossip. She lands as a bug on yeah, people. Yeah, because she's an unregistered Animagus. No, the way yeah. that I forgot that was a book scene until... Um, me in my fanfiction era like a lot <laughs> a lot of fanfics mentioned that fact and I was like oh my god yeah that did happen because I completely, completely forgot about that since it doesn't happen in the movies either yeah and I'm pretty sure Ron classic is like she scares me <laughs> <laughs> literally like always like this is why I'm like Ron and Hermione like how did they end up together like she's way too like strong of a woman to, like, I'm just team Hermione but I digress. Um, another scene where this is like a book scene and a movie scene. Fred's death and Dobby's death like literally killed me. I'm still mad that they killed off Fred. Like it's not fair. It's not fair. And when I saw it in theaters, I was sobbing because I'm not really like a big book crier like Mia is. But books like rarely make me cry. But movies, I was, like, literally in tears, like, wiping them away. I remember, like, during, like, the Dobby death scene. It was so sad. No, that one, like, gets you. I am a book crier, though, so I also cried at both of these, even though I'm pretty sure I was literally, like, like I said, like, eight years old. Mm-hmm. But I think, honestly, Deathly Hallows, like, is just such a well-written book. Like, it's just, like, incredible. Like, the amount of moments and, like, all the different, like, climaxes, like, coming together of, like, all these little things. Maybe that's why we like Sarah J. Mass so much, because mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry no. Potter and all the breadcrumbs. Honestly, it's the same formula. Um, And that's why, like, if you are someone where you've only ever watch the movies and you haven't read the books like I highly highly recommend the books and yes like it's not an SJM where you know like they're PG rated they're for kids but they're also for adults like why do you think adults are literally like like the majority of the Potter more like verse like the Potterheads like kids I'm sure kids now like Harry Potter too but for them it's like an old movie versus like I mean it was even a little bit before me and I's time but like a lot of people were who are full-grown adults now like this was like their childhood movies and books yeah a hundred percent um I think another death that like her obviously was Cedric's death in Goblet of Fire because like Mm -hmm. Cedric isn't introduced as a character until that book and then by that yeah we lose him we lose him by the end of the book and it's this literally like domino effect like pushes everything Um, yeah no it really does and you know I mean even sadder in the movies because our boy Robert Pattinson played Cedric Diggory and I will say there's a behind the scenes clip of Emma Watson and Robert Pattinson and this is them like Emma's probably like 13 14 robert i think is like a couple years older she's like probably like oh my god this boy is so cute and she's like come on robert like in her british accent she's like come on robert what's my name and he's like literally does not know what her name is it's probably a joke but like literally i was like oh my god like the way that emma watson she's already famous by that point like this is four movies in and this man doesn't even know her name like classic man move Ew. I hope that's not true, but if it is, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah, no, I love a behind the scenes clip. But favorite, favorite book quotes and scenes is Dumbledore's quotes because he has some some good content to he work with some, guys. He has some bangers. Like yeah. these quotes, like I I will think about these on the regs. Like literally yeah, like, my, my Roman Empire. <laughs> I will get like no, like I will get like these like tattooed, like please. Yeah. Like I love this one. Um when he goes, do not pity the dead, Harry. Pity the living and above all those who live without love. And I just oh so oh. good and so good. I just visualize movie Dumbledore saying those things and also rip movie Dumbledore. I don't know the actor's name by heart, <laughs> but he actually just recently passed away. So rip, like you were an amazing Dumbledore. Like I know that there was an original Dumbledore and then he passed away and then they replaced him with the most recent Dumbledore who also just recently passed away. Yeah. But, like I Michael Gambin. <laughs> He was amazing. Like the yeah. way that like he just encompassed everything he was, Dumbledore should be. He, he was, was Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah. Exactly. So good. Um, I think I had this one literally like printed out like in my childhood bedroom. I I've always been like a bookish decor girl, separate, separate <laughs> note. Um, but I had this one printed out like literally like like above my desk area when I was little. And it's happiness can be found even in the darkest of times when one only remembers to turn on the light. I think like the sentiment obviously is like so sweet and important. Like even though I was young, like that stuck with me. It was just like always like look for the positive and like, mm-hmm. you know, like the dark side is like never going to win. Like, just, like, so, like, childhood, like, innocence to, like, look up to that. But, like, also, like, I still stand by that. Yeah. No, honestly, I just watched Goblet of Fire, which is the um, movie slash book that he says this quote. And immediately when I heard him say that, I was like, first of all, Slay. Second of all, Mia, we have to record our Harry Potter episode, like, now. Like, I was just like, that is a killer quote. And he also did it, like, so suave. Like, he, like, did his magic. There was, like, he, like, turned off the candle and then put it back on. It was just so Slay. And also for context, guys, like, in true reading and ranting form, we'll be very honest. I was watching the movies during Sneaky Links, so we'll get into that later but yeah this is a scene where i'm like wait like shut up like i need to focus <laughs> don't talk to me of course it's so real mm-hmm. i think the last one the of course it's happening inside your head harry but why on earth should that mean that it's not real i love when like books and like storytelling gets like so meta that it's like yeah like it's like a story but also like and so it's in your head but also it's real like it you're going through these experiences with these characters and you've been on Harry's whole journey and so you're like Mm -hmm. yeah of course it's real (laughs) I know a lot of people are Dumbledore haters because I think they're like wow like he knew so much like he could have like clued in Harry from the beginning and he just didn't and then obviously he died and left Harry to like pick up all the pieces and like find all the horcruxes and do all this research by himself and like obviously at a much slower pace than if Dumbledore had just told him but I think like the whole point was that it wasn't that easy like Dumbledore had the answers yes but he didn't have all of them and like Harry did need to like face the facts like himself even though yes people are like he was just a boy which he was but at the same time this war like quite literally did revolve around him so I think Dumbledore, he always treated him like a person. Like, he never treated him like a child. 
Yeah. And like he, I mean, he's obviously like a complex character, which is like why people Mm -hmm. like will disagree and like not like him. Like you're not going to agree with every one of his actions. And like, that's because he had like different motivations for keeping things from Harry that like you learn eventually all these things. So yeah. But like when people, when they're like, oh, Dumbledore didn't actually love Harry. I'm like, no, like Dumbledore, like it's like all the memes where they're like, 50 points to Gryffindor for Harry literally finishing his breakfast. Like, he was obsessed. Like, Dumbledore was like his, like, grandfather figure. But I digress. Definitely. I think I think another thing that we have to talk about, which, like, we've obviously already kind of muddled through this, but, like, book versus movie. There's such a big debate in the world about whether the books and the movies are better. And I don't even think that I have an opinion one way or another. Like I Mm -hmm. enjoy both for like obviously different reasons. But I do think obviously because it's a movie adaptation, like there's always going to be things left out. So we got to talk about our favorite things that were left out. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, in terms of movie, book to movie adaptations, this is quite literally the best like no one can do it better other than like game of thrones obviously but that's Mm, a tv mm -hmm. show um but yeah these are quite literally the best but they're just different like when you're reading you're so immersed into the world where you feel like you're in the world but then watching it you're like visualizing the world so it's like basically what you imagined in your mind is like coming true before your eyes so yeah they're just different but love them both okay how do you want to kick off the book to movie discrepancies what's the biggest standout to you mia Oh my god. Okay. I think that Ron's character, I mentioned Hermione's, but I also think that Ron's character in the books, I think he was like much more like helpful. Like in the movies, he's a little bit more of like a doofus, like Mm kind of like comedic relief. But like in the books, like it really is the golden trio. Like Loki, that trending audio on TikTok that's like, when I make my move, you're free to check. Ron. But, like, no, in all seriousness, like, that scene, they're 11, they're first years, and, like, Mm -hmm. he was literally willing to sacrifice himself in the game of King's Chess, and, like, even when you think about, like, him befriending Harry, like, literally, like, from the moment that he meets him and, like, always looking out for him and, like, showing him the ways of the wisdom world, welcoming him into his family, like, Ron is such an important best friend and like not just Mm -hmm. comedic relief yeah we forget that like the pure like the Weasleys are pure bloods and they're considered blood traitors for being friends with people that like Harry and Hermione who are half-bloods and muggle-borns but like he never cared he never cared like obviously they also were poor compared to a lot of pure blood families but I definitely agree especially in fan fiction Ron especially if it's like a fan (laughs) I have to bring up fan fiction okay Mia don't laugh but Especially the fanfics where it's, like, based as if the war is still going on. Ron is usually, like, the strategy arm. Like, he's always portrayed as, like, the strategist. Like, the war strategist. But in the movies, we just don't see that. It's, like, almost as if he's just following Harry and Hermione. And he's just, like, there to kind of fuck shit up, usually. Like, usually, like, messes something up or, like, whatever. Yeah, definitely. I think speaking of like kind of different characterizations um the movies do leave out a lot of Harry's sass like I think one of the most iconic Harry lines is there's no need to call me sub professor <laughs> and it's like he yeah. just has so many like little quips and like these funny things and like Daniel Radcliffe obviously portrayed him in the movies with this kind of like dry humor like wit mm-hmm. 
um, like plays off the moment, but like the sass on young Harry, like I think you get it a little bit when he's like, Well, I am the chosen one, like yeah, that yeah. kind of vibe. But I love Book Harry. Like I love mm-hmm. Book Harry. They definitely left out a lot of the sass. And like I think he did have some sass in the movies and Daniel Radcliffe portrayed it very well, but like they totally could have done even more. But I think especially in like the later movies, they obviously got like darker and less lighthearted. So that's probably a reason why they were like leaving them out. But yeah, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe could have slayed at that. I'm obsessed with him. Like he's been all over my TikTok for you page. Like I saw this interview. Like he has everyone. He has read Drary fan fiction, which is a ship of um Draco, Draco and Harry. <laughs> yeah was me too, dying, me too dying at that dying at that moment. he's hilarious also i share a birthday with him so we're just kindred spirits love that of course he's a leo that makes so much sense mm-hmm. exactly yeah i think another okay so a hot take of mine is that my favorite of the movies is prisoner of azkaban not um, a hot so take mine movie. too wait really yeah okay, okay. I, feel like ever, I feel like everyone's is prisoner of azkaban low-key really it's like the I... best it's the best because it's like action packed, but then it's also still lighthearted. Like it's the last one that ends on a good note. Like Goblet of Fire, when Cedric dies at the end, that's when shit starts hitting the fan and all the movies start being like ending on bad notes. Like Voldemort comes back, like all this shit. Like it's the last one where like they still have their innocence. Yeah, 100%. I also, I, again, like was previously extremely deep in my Harry Potter era. So the amount mm-hmm. of like director, like I watched the director's extra cut edition of every single movie, like yada, yada, yada. But one thing that I like have retained information in my brain, this is stuck for years and years, is that the director um, for like costuming and like how the kids acted, like he told all of the kids on the set, mm-hmm. wear, wear your costume like you would wear it. So like mm-hmm. there's this sense of like freedom, like I think like Ron has like a super slouchy like shirt, yeah. like half tucked in yes. at one point. And like some of them wear their robes like open instead of like full robes clothed and, mm-hmm. and like Hermione's and like sweaters and like cozy things and like crookshanks and like Yeah. I honestly the scene that speaks out to me is the scene where they're introduced to Buckbeak. Like if you guys rewatch that scene, you can see all their outfits are very different. And Hermione, she's like full robed up, like Gryffindor uniform like on like pristine as you said Ron's is like slouchy like I don't even think he's wearing a tie Harry's kind of like in between where he has like the sweater vest and the tie on but then no like out out outside robe on so yeah I do love that little little fun fact there yeah it's so fun um and like honestly it just gives such cozy vibes like all of the movies give cozy vibes obviously like it's Harry Potter season right now. Like, if you haven't done your fall movie marathon, it is mm-hmm. an annual requirement. Like, it, annual. it's right now. <laughs> and that's why I don't understand how people have never seen these movies, especially the first two. Like, the first two are so Christmas heavy. Like, I love those Christmas scenes in Sorcerer's Stone and then Chamber of Secrets, especially. I think the first one has been Ron stays at Hogwarts with Harry because he didn't want to go home for Christmas. And it's just so good like little mama weasley sends the sweaters that she knits all every year with their initial and like it's just just a requirement like that is my major red flag if you do not have first of all 
don't watch these movies during this season but have just never even seen them like it's actually my number one red flag like that is how I gauge what type of person you are yeah a hundred percent I mean they are literally the most popular books of all time and like they got Mm -hmm. so popular because the world is just so good like it's so magical but like it feels so real and it's just like one of the most built out worlds um like we like we like talk and like we know the spells and like yeah. we know the food and the butterbeer and the, the spells and the like, pumpkin pasties like <laughs> yeah no we literally know the names of like every store in Hogsmeade and like Diagon Alley like you know I've been to Harry Potter World in Orlando um Florida like multiple times and I just went there and it's like I already know everything I'm like yeah, we got all vendors over there. We got Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor over there. Like, just such an immersible world. Um, it's a cultural reset, if you will. No, a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as I mentioned, like it is a major ick to me if a man, especially a man like if I'm dating, has not seen Harry Potter or doesn't like it. Like, I'm <laughs> literally like was going on hinge dates with someone and part of like our like bit with each other was him watching harry potter for the first time so i was like watching the movies with him like pre like hookups it was like getting into it but all at the same time i was like narrating like i was so into it i was like low-key i'm in one hookup like i'm like into this movie like i don't want to stop like let's he was like yeah like i don't know if i can watch these without you like narrating each film to me (laughs) No, yeah, we, my family calls it movications, movie education. So, like, my family is a huge movie family. Like, we love, like, we went to all the Harry Potter midnight premieres together. Like, we, like, our favorite thing to do is, like, have movie nights every Friday. We would order a pizza from Gaddy's Pizza in Austin and watch a movie. And Harry Potter mm-hmm. was one of our favorites. And so, anytime, like, a friend came over and they hadn't ever seen Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or Pirates of the Caribbean or, like, these, like, big buck, like, like giant franchise blockbuster movies we would be like okay well you need a movie vacation starting now <laughs> yeah no like actually though and I know like so many people are like it's not that deep like you cannot gauge a man based on whether you've seen Harry Potter it's just so important to me and like like we said it's a cultural reset like it's actually part of my identity it's like we relate about it so much like we had such a similar childhood like because of Harry Potter I just can't imagine someone not having those experiences. Like, God. But lastly, we are Hermione Stan podcast. Like, we've had, if you've listened to our previous episodes, we've mentioned that Hermione Granger is one of our favorite book characters and how we relate to her so much. But also with Emma Watson playing her, like, Emma Watson is my girl crush. And most of the time, I'm like, do I want to be Emma Watson or do I want to fuck her? And I still don't know. Yeah, no, a thousand percent, like, hall pass. (laughs) Like, it's Emma Watson all day. And then, like, Hermione, like, I see myself in Hermione. So it's like, well, I like, are we going to get together or am I just wanting to fuck myself? Like, (laughs) yeah, no, actually, (laughs) you're like, this is too close to home. No, I mean, but also Emma Watson has aged like a fine wine. Like, she literally gets better every year, I swear. Emma, one day, if you ever listen to this, (laughs) we're going to host her on the podcast one day. She's going to listen to this episode and be like, why are these girls like trying to fuck me? Like, I don't want to be like, (laughs) I don't want to come on this podcast. 
I don't know. We'll see. Maybe one day. All right, guys, now to get into our favorite section of the podcast, our rant. Today, we're chatting about all our Harry Potter hot takes and our headcanons. Okay, so Carly, I know you have big feelings about this one, but I think we can both agree it's tough to believe that Ron and Hermione end up together. Like, I honestly, my thing is that I think that she would have been a better match with Harry. Like, I get that, like, they have the most, like, beautiful platonic friendship, but, like, I think there's just, like, also moments where, like, they could both relate to, like, being muggle-born and, like, just, like, I think that they balance each other out well. So, like, obviously it makes sense for the friendship, but I feel like there was more there romantically almost than between Ron and Hermione. Yeah, I mean, just think of the dance scene in the Deathly Hallows um, movie. But, I mean, I would say they have a lot in common since Harry, like, his mother was muggle-born and then he grew up with muggles, didn't even know he was a wizard like Hermione actually was muggle-born they both are like only children so they're but that's why I guess it's more like the platonic sibling love but definitely think they had more in common than Ron but as we know you guys know I'm a huge Hermione stan and I just think like Draco supremacy they would have made so much sense together and like we can talk about some of the headcanons like aka things that basically exist within the Harry Potter universe but aren't talked about or like fans basically believe they exist but Draco and Hermione were both like number one number two in the class they're super stubborn super intellectual like think about it Hermione and Draco sitting down at like a dinner date like they'd be talking about like poetry and like history and art versus what are Ron and Hermione talking about like literally they're just sitting there like talking about the golden trio like that's all they can talk about is their like memories like they're talking about Harry they're talking about Ginny like there's no like intellectual conversation going on there and not to say Ron's like an idiot but he's definitely not an intellect so you know just definitely think it didn't really (laughs) didn't really make sense there and like Hermione and Draco are both so hot like they deserve to be other power couple I do. I think like one cute headcanon that I've seen though is imagining Mr. Weasley meeting Hermione's dad, like Hermione's parents, because he's so obsessed yeah, he with loves- muggles. Yeah. <laughs> and no, like, actually. Yeah. And Hermione's parents being dentists. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I think you would have so many questions. The thing is, is I think like for this to be a headcanon, Draco would have really had to like turn over a new leaf after the war and realize that he had all these prejudices that weren't true. He was he grew up like thinking all these things about Muggleborns and pure blood supremacy, realize that it's not true. Obviously, Hermione's prime example. She's the brightest witch of their age and she's a Muggleborn. So I think he would have had to really like overcome you know, being a Death Eater at such a young age and, like, you know, realized that the way he grew up was, like, not right. Um, but I think he would have had it in him. So, you know, love a Germani fanfic, Avi. But I know there's some that are, like, more toxic where, like, he is still kind of anti-Muggleborn. But, like, I think the ones that make the most sense would be, like, a fully, like, reborn Draco Malfoy. Yeah, definitely. I think that, like, just all of the romantic relationships low-key like all the ships I I feel like people have different headcanons like for almost every character you can look because I think any character you could ship with literally any like obviously we have Drary like Draco and Harry when they're actually like enemies like they hate each other's guts Um, but I will say in fanfics I do love when it's like a Germione fanfic and Harry and Draco actually become like besties um 
But another like hot take slash even headcanon, I guess hot take part of this is that Luna Lovegood is underrated. Like, yes, she's kind of a weirdo, kind of a freak, but like we love that about her. And she has these like seer powers. Like she says things that don't make sense, but it's like it's because she like knows what's happening. It's just she's so underrated. Like she's like a badass Ravenclaw. Um, But I do think like a headcanon is that some people think she would have ended up with Harry because they both experienced loss at a young age. So I think, you know, they would have had a lot in common there. They both were able to see the Thestrals before anyone else was able to. Um, But at the end of the day, their personalities are very different. So I am curious how that would have panned out romantically. Yeah, I think so. I do think what's cute is that I like after the war, like when they grow up, she, I think, marries... um, the descendant of newt scamander and they like mm-hmm. ha- like ho- like have like magical be like fantastical beasts and uh, you know yeah, fantastic mean? beasts fantastic mm-hmm. beasts they're yeah. looking for the nargles <laughs> nargles oh my god yeah so cute. no yeah. Okay, that makes sense that makes i think because i i am a Ginny and her my or Ginny and harry lover as well yes so. I do too. No, I I actually love Ginny, especially book Ginny. Like she's such a badass, like Quidditch captain. Like she grew mm-hmm. up with six older brothers. Like what do you expect? Like of course she's going to be a badass. And mm-hmm. so like I do love also that like they're friends and like she has this crush on Harry like all through growing up. Like Chamber of Secrets, she like can't even talk around him. And she's, like, all nervous, and then they get together, I think, fifth, sixth And then she, year. like, grows up and becomes, like, this hot, like, badass girl where all the boys want to be with her. Like, she's such a flirt. She's, like, popular. I think out of all the Weasleys, like, she was the most popular. I think, like, Fred and George were pretty popular, but they were more known as, like, the class clowns, like, troublemakers. But Ginny was, like, an actual, like, nice, popular girl. Um, And, like, you know, obviously Ron is besties with harry so he's part of the golden trio but like i wouldn't say they're so-called like popular in any shape or form yeah definitely yeah talking about golden trio and harry this is i guess a hot take but i don't think harry should have been an aura like the magical like police protection pretty much um i think he should have been a professor at hogwarts like and I think I saw this on TikTok, but he spent his whole life fighting, like his whole life fighting against Voldemort, against like the demise of like Muggleborns. And he just wanted, would have wanted a break from the war. And like he saw so much death his entire life. He would have had so such bad PTSD. Like how would have he been this like police officer figure? He would have been, he loved Hogwarts. It was his first and forever home. Um, and he just would have been a badass, like, defense against the dark arts professor. Like, Lupin was a um, data professor. Like, he just would have been, like, so good at that. And I don't know. I don't see him as, like, this police officer type. Yeah, I think it's, like, also so sweet to think that, like, he would want to teach, like, the next generations to come, like, how to protect themselves to, like, make mm-hmm. sure that, like, no child or what a student would like ever be put in his position again um and like you think about like all the like post hogwarts rebuilding and like harry sending his own kids to hogwarts like how cute would it be if he was a professor when like all of their like and imagine are there him and headmaster mcgonagall just like you know when all the kids are asleep they like break out some fire whiskey in her like office kind of just chatting like 
literally would have been so good like imagine those scenes um I could even imagine him as like a future headmaster as well I think some people imagine Hermione as ending up as like a headmaster because obviously she's more like intellectual um I think she's I think like also like the politics Hermione like Ministry of Magic yeah to like uncorrupt the the ministry like becoming like the minister of magic and then I think Harry would have been like the headmaster um but yeah yeah definitely um I think another topic that people get up in arms over is the Marauders backstory so talking about obviously James Sirius Lupin and Peter Pettigrew um and so I like it's interesting because obviously James was like the popular guy like had this like whole crew of friends like they were so close but like Loki always troublemakers like literally like created the Marauders map which is like such a complex piece of magic and like you know I saw in this way that I'm up to no good like quite literally mm-hmm. like they were never up to any good but then like you get Snape's point of view and like they bullied him and like Snape is like you're as arrogant as your father to Harry so like it's mm-hmm. hard but like also we've talked about this like that's what's so interesting about like the complex characters is because it's like you like what are their motivations and like everything yeah. is you know kind of like gray area um, I think, yeah I think that like James was a good person but I do mm-hmm. think he was kind of the like popular guy bully at least growing up where he did give Snape shit and it wasn't just the like Slytherin versus Gryffindor rivalry it was like you know, Snape wasn't very popular. He didn't really have a lot of friends versus like James was kind of like the golden boy. Um, So yeah, I do think it's like interesting um, about the Marauders. Give us a Marauders TV show, guys. Like give us a prequel. We don't want a reboot of Harry Potter. Like at HBO, we have the movies. They are perfect. We don't need like a new Harry Potter or Hermione or Ron. What we need is a Marauders like storytelling and like just make like I want the story there um you know what I want my Roman Empire Regulus Black yeah no literally Regulus Black I want a black background like I just want a thousand spinoffs like this was trending on TikTok a while ago like they were like any idea would have been better than just a general remake of Harry Potter like a founders of Hogwarts show um a show focused on the black and the marauders um even like a Malfoy show just would have been so good um okay so another one that i think is if we're talking villains i think that bellatrix is like scarier as a villain than voldemort oh 100 like voldemort is systematically evil like he has strategic evil plans but bellatrix is just a sociopath like she would kill if she was like the leader like a Voldemort leader she would just kill anyone like if they looked at her the wrong way yes Voldemort's like kind of like that but at the same time I think he's more like tactical um so he's almost more of like a political figure like like a military leader but Bellatrix is like someone you would hear about in like a murder mystery podcast like the like ripper of like Austin or like New Orleans or whatever like she'd just be this crazy bloodthirsty killer yeah 100% I also think that like she because like it's like she gets off on it like the torture like Mm -hmm. one of like I think the more important like pieces of background info is how she uses the Cruciatus curse to torture the Longbottoms Neville's parents Mm -hmm. um and how well like what's like wholesome 
not wholesome, probably the wrong, wrong word, but <laughs> Neville is like, I'm proud to be their son because they never gave up the location of Lily and James and the mm-hmm. other order of the Phoenix members, even as Bellatrix tortured them to the point that like, they like have no like cognition, like memory, like are in St. Mungo's, the hospital full time. And yeah, that's like, like she was yeah. a crazy Cruciatus user. Like that was like her like curse. Yeah. Her specialty. Yeah, exactly. So definitely scary. And just like how unhinged she is. And then like her like relationship with Voldemort or like wanting to be considered like the like strongest death eater or like craziest, like scariest death eater and just like wanting to cause like havoc and panic. So, yeah, I think obviously Voldemort is like one of the best written villains of all time. But, mm-hmm. like, as, as far as like scary goes, I think it's almost because like he literally represents like evil, like darkness versus light. Whereas like mm-hmm. Bellatrix is like pain and like torture. Yeah. So, like, I mean, she's just crazy and she always was crazy. And especially after, after Azkaban, like it made her even more insane like that woman needs to be in an insane asylum um but i think like one of my favorite scenes from the movies is when hermione has to um impersonate bellatrix at gringotts and also don't rem- like don't forget that this was after bellatrix had used the cruciatus curse on hermione so she literally had to like become the woman that had um tortured her but yeah i mean Beltrix in the movies is like kind of a sleigh. Like I love her. Um, but she's also batshit crazy. Yeah, no, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but first of all, the only time Fred and George saw each other old was during the Goblet of Fire because they used a potion to make themselves older to try to um get past the like age line that Dumbledore had drawn around the um the goblet when people were putting their names in for the triwizard tournament and obviously it didn't work out they like got booted and also like turned old but that just hit me so hard i like hate that jk rowling had to do this to the twins like of any people that die it had to be fred no and like i think jk rowling is canceled but I think she even <laughs> said in an interview, like, the one death that she regrets is Fred. Because, Fred, like, yeah. for no reason, for no goddamn reason. It's so hard. Like, yes, like, the other deaths hit her, too. Like, Snape death scene, really sad. But, like, why Fred? Like, my poor little boy, like, couldn't it have been, like, Percy or something? Like, who cares about Percy Weasley? Just, like, like, it's so sad. Like, it's just the twins is what makes it hit really hard. Okay, but another headcanon about that is that um george dances with jenny twice during her wedding to harry one for him and one for fred i cry i cry i cry i cry i cry cry. these are all like really sad like all the harry potter headcanons are like depressing but also um, there's a headcanon that harry and teddy lupin so the son of tonks um and then Lupin so obviously like he was a baby um and then Lupin and Tonks died during the battle of Hogwarts but they saw the same thing in the mirror of Erised so Harry if you guys remember during the first movie I believe Sorcerer's Stone he sees his parents with him because it's like you look in the mirror and it's what you want the most and that's what Teddy sees too because he's also like an orphan like lost his parents when he was a baby doesn't even remember them so sad 
And there's a headcanon that Lupin and Tongs were going to adopt Harry and he found adoption papers like that were ready for him for post-Battle of Hogwarts, but they died. I That's cried. also a horrible death. Also a horrible death. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all really depressing. Like this last one... Um, and a lot of fan fictions include this too, that like Draco is kind of like self-harming because obviously like hates himself for being a Death Eater post-war. But there is a headcanon that Draco's arm is scarred because he was trying to cut his dark mark out of him. Uh, because I think even after Voldemort dies, like the dark mark is still there. And I think it can even hurt sometimes. Like maybe that's like a fan fiction thing, but yeah like the way that his arm he like tries to like mutilate himself to get it out and obviously can't because it's like a magical tattoo yeah anyways guys me and i highly recommend having a movie marathon harry potter watch party go on tiktok look up these watch parties people are making like insane desserts like harry potter themed desserts and like charcuterie boards and it's just so fun it's so vibey it like brings your childhood back so when mia is in new york visiting me in a couple of weeks we will be doing this um you heard it here first but mm. if you've only seen the movies go read the books if you've only read the books and not see the movies go read the go watch the movies and if you haven't ever watched or read harry potter get out of here and go watch and read immediately yeah, I will personally take it upon myself to provide you with a movie education or a movie-cation, as my parents call it, um, because I think it is the biggest red flag of all red flags if you have never been introduced yeah. to this fandom. Yeah, no, honestly, like, that is one of my top red flags. Like, you could be perfect if you've never seen Harry Potter. Like, it's honestly, like, it's done. We're over. <laughs> Okay, besties, you might have heard us mention a time or two that we became best friends by bonding over a book series, <coughs> Akatar. On the next episode of Reading and Ranting, we'll be talking about the joy of book besties and ranting about how to maintain long-distance friendships. We're always looking for book recs, so if you have a suggestion, shoot us a DM on TikTok at Reading and Ranting Pod or email readingandrantingpod at gmail.com. Until next time, happy reading, besties. Bye.